Welcome to the Authentic as Fuck podcast. My name is Sun. I'm a storyteller and marketer. And in this podcast, I help uh, members of our community with storytelling, branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship. And today we have Tabitha, who is actually Night Owl Nation's community director. So Tabitha, welcome. Thanks so much. Why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah. What do you do and where are you from? I'm Tabitha. I'm originally from Maryland in the United States. I lived in Brazil for 12 years where I started teaching English and opened my own school and helped a lot of people. And then we got online because of the pandemic. And now I'm back in the U.S. And I, I'd like to have some help today on that transition. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. Welcome back Welcome yeah. to America. <laughs> yes, yeah, um, it was 12 years there. I know that's crazy. Yes, You're that's basically crazy. Brazilian. Yes. Yeah, I feel Brazilian. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so wait. So are, your kids were born in Brazil. Yeah. So are they not Brazilian nationals? Yeah. Yeah. Dual citizens. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they were okay. born awesome. there, and they also have American citizenship. Oh, nice. Okay. So, what are your questions? Okay, so the first question I had was, I wanted to run through um, the program that I'm creating and you always say start messy. Mm -hmm. And I had a few questions on price increases. And I also had some questions on targeting, like the audience that I wanna target, because I think I want to change a bit okay. <laughs> because of my, my new, uh, location. Okay. So the idea of the program that I have is first people can book one-to-one -one sessions with me. And these are mostly people who need to do a presentation in English, either have a conference call or they're um, going to the United States on business or um, sometimes it's vacation, but I'm charging $80 an hour for this. And so I'm noticing the people who can afford this are more business oriented. And I have 12 years of experience of doing this. Yeah. And I have a degree in economics. So it aligns with what I've studied. Um, the question I have with that is... You know, the best way to... I, was, I don't know if you do corporate training or not, but I feel like for that, off the top of my head, literally, I feel like uh, the low-hanging fruit would be to do corporate training, meaning, you know, there's all these people in, like, I got, I, I talked to this company um, that does training for Pepsi, mm -hmm. like PepsiCo, and, you know, there's all these, like, you know, corporate headquarters down in South America uh, and Mexico and uh, Spanish-speaking countries where, you know, those companies have executives there. Mm -hmm. But those executives have to speak English because, you know, they have to, you know, I did talk this. to people. Yeah, I've done this before for Johnson & Johnson. Uh, they hired a, a company to, uh, they hired Brazilians locally to work in their pharmaceutical department in Brazil near Sao Paulo and I had five employees who needed to pass TOEIC exam, a TOEIC exam which is like the professional side of proving yeah, English yeah. and this company required 
their employees to have a standard and to also have an um, an increase. They had to improve their scores, I think, by 20%. Mm. And then they, if they did that, they received an increase. And I did that for two years. Yeah, uh, I mean, online. it was great. I know a lot of people who, who do corporate training, like yeah. whether it's English or like leadership training or uh you know wellness training or you know all different yeah. kind of like communication training so that that's where the money is yeah. you know like when when i first worked with mel robbins um this is before she had all of the podcasts and all of that you know like 90 percent of her income was from speaking gigs and mm -hmm. most of those speaking gigs were speaking at corporations like mm -hmm. you know, she'll, she'll go speak to the sales team at chase or you know what i mean so that's actually like, because well, every one of those companies have a set budget every year, and if oh, they yeah. don't use it, they lose it. So there, there, these like HR departments and the, the training departments, they're constantly on the lookout for training. So if you can put together like a training program, like let's say here's a five week uh, training program to executive English training program or something like that. And you just reach out to all those HR departments of those big corporations, or mm -hmm. there are also middleman companies, meaning training companies that work with those HR departments. You should definitely talk to Ellie about that because you know Ellie's husband, Ellie, who's who's our other community member, yeah. her husband does this in 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 Turkish, for yeah. Turkey. So there might be companies in Turkey that needs English training too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that I, I like, and I hate is that I've focused so much on Brazil and Brazilian culture and how work is done there that I am forgetting how things are other done. languages, right? <laughs> like, or other, how things are done here in the U S you're right. So in Brazil, the person's responsible for their own development in the corporate level. Some companies pay mm -hmm. for it that are international, but it's kind of like you need to prove that you're like willing to learn the English to get into this position, whereas uh, the company doesn't pay for it. Some companies, so uh, Herring, which is a clothing company, they do have a budget, but it was really hard to close a contract with them. And they finally, like, I was giving classes to the director privately that he would pay. But for whatever reason, the company denied the contract that we created. It didn't mm -hmm. meet their standards within Brazil because it, it was deemed not worth the money yeah. <laughs> in Brazil. Well, I think this will mainly work for, like, international com companies that are worldwide because, mm -hmm. you know, like, because the reason why it works for Pepsi is because there's Pepsi South America, North America, where these people actually have to communicate with people up here. Yeah. So in English and, you know, so yeah. it makes sense for them, you know. Yeah, I, I've had two other business contracts that were very successful, uh, one with a mailing system within Brazil, and they have a very high budget, but it's limited to two years. So it's like when the person just gets good enough <laughs> to start communicating and they want to keep on going, they've used their like balance with the company mm -hmm. and they don't want to continue with mm -hmm. private lessons because like I can yeah, charge Yeah, those more. are not going to, what you need to yeah. do is you need to, those contracts are usually like once you get in once. Mm 
like it, it keeps happening over and over and over. And so, yeah, uh, you know, I, actually, there's probably like um, government offices, like maybe the, the immigration office or mm-hmm. uh, USCIS or whatever. Because like I know I have a client who works with FEMA, who works with um, Department of Justice, like all those like government offices. They also hire people for training, like wellness training right. and stuff like that. Right. So once you get in once, like it's almost oh, yeah. like you can get a contract every year. Yes. Yes. That's uh, I started. Um, so it's really cool actually going through the immigration process <laughs> of coming to the United States because my husband is immigrating here. So I'm, I'm it's really funny because they're mostly Spanish speaking people that work at these locations. And I show up with like, you're American. Why are you here? <laughs> kind of deal. Uh, and then they see my husband and my kids and we're speaking in Portuguese and they're like, oh, OK, we get it. Um, but I've been to so far two agencies here in Annapolis. Everything for my area is in Annapolis, Maryland, Maryland. And they're saying, uh, you need to volunteer. We need people like you. And I'm like, yeah, but mm-hmm. volunteering and getting paid <laughs> are two different things. <laughs> so it, it looks like a lot of these organizations are looked like in the government, they're looking for volunteers. And for whatever reason, like I need to step it up to the corporate level where people are. Invested. Oh yeah. No, this is a real, yeah. this is a B2B it, game. Like, yeah. you know, like people come to me and like, they, they want to be a public speaker or something like that. I'm like, you know, that's a B2B game, right? Like mm-hmm. when <laughs> most of my clients that gets paid, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a year are speaking. Mm-hmm. Like the reason why is because these companies, it's not because they're famous. <laughs> it's because these companies hire them. Right. You know, right. like, you know, a, a good example is like, you know, Mark Randolph is, I think he's like one of the highest paid speaker in the world, but it's not like famous. Like, it's not like he has, you know what I mean? And even Mel Robbins, you know, she was doing all those before she got paid, became famous. This is, these companies don't, you know, are, you're selling the decision maker of those companies. You're not selling right. the mass market. You know what I mean? No, the There's mass a market, difference yeah. between. There's a difference between these like conference, this public conference that people pay ticket for, like you know, like where where like Gary V speaks. That's a different than what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is like, you know, like Chase Manhattan mm-hmm. Bank hires people, hires somebody to train their sales team, or you know, mm-hmm. you know, like or or HSBC hires people to train their, you know, customer service team. Like though that's what I'm talking about. And in order to get in there you have to break through the HR department because HR departments are the ones that have the, bu- that has the budget for these. Correct. Correct. Do you think it would be enough for me on my own to do this? I mean, for, for me, the way I look at it, it's the lowest hanging fruit. All my clients that are trying to per- build a personal brand, mm-hmm. they're already doing this. Mm-hmm. And then now they're trying to build an audience, right? Because if you have your own audience, it's it, it becomes it's it's a whole nother level of game, right? Mm-hmm. But people who most of the people who do that are the ones who don't have an audience, but they're they're knowledgeable in whatever their area of expertise, mm-hmm. so that they can do that, right? So the, yeah, you would have to do some B two B. Every B two B business is the same. It's a it's a sales relationship game. It's a mm-hmm. uh, you know. So you, you you need to go reach out to these people, build relationships with them, 
like HR directors, like, you know, like head of HR, HR managers, like build relationships with the people who do hire yeah. these people mm-hmm. or reach out to training companies. There are middlemen training companies who are speaking bureaus that works directly with those companies. So that they're their clients. So if you you know work with them, they already have they already know about those contracts. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. No, I know somebody who's very well connected to a company called Sherm, S H R M. I think it's oh, like yeah. the yeah. It's like so the HR. I, yeah. yeah, it's like the <laughs> the big <laughs> the big thing for the HR. Um so yeah, I, I definitely have it. I in. think it's the most lucrative. Yeah. You know, in terms of teaching. Yeah. Okay. Like that idea. All right, well, that's that's an idea. Um, that should be no. That should be your baseline. Like, this should be your baseline. So you have a set amount of revenue guaranteed coming in, and then everything else you do is your side hustle. It's the one that because when you're going out and selling yourself, like when you're trying to build your own community, and and like those are more much more riskier, right? Because you're not gonna. You're, you don't have a guaranteed set income for those, right? Like some launches you have, you might do well. Some launches, not not as well. You know, mm-hmm. some months you have clients, some months you don't have clients, you know, so on. So that's a very roller coaster ride, right? But when you have these contracts with these companies, usually they're like pretty consistent. So I think that's the low hang, low hanging fruit that you should go for first. Yeah, I think it's because my lack of experience with that here in the U.S. It's looking mm-hmm. a lot bigger and a lot harder than what you're saying it is. Like, I feel like I need some sort of credentials, some sort of... No, I don't think so. Proof. I know. Mm-hmm. It's actually the other way around. You need more credential to sell to the public. It's easier to sell to one HR person than to try to sell to a hundred customers individually. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. And I think because of my experience of having a successful school in Brazil and yeah, all of those counts. And then you yeah. see that you've already done corporate training mm-hmm. for other companies. So you, yeah. all of those goes into resume. And it's like it's like getting a job interview or get getting hired somewhere. It's it's less about your uh resume and it's more about the relationship yeah i guess yeah no i think that it's it's something that and and also i i really do i know that you know what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) so i am listening to this advice i'm just now i'm just rethinking of everything that i prepared (laughs) for today (laughs) that's where a lot a lot of my clients that are not mel robbins that are not jay shetty that are not famous Mm-hmm. basically this is what they're struggling with they have no problem getting these gigs and that's mm. what pays that's their bread and butter they have zero that's problem getting bills. those gigs what they want to yeah. do is build a personal brand so it's not like this is easy and this is hard it's not the other way it's the other way around where this is the one where you can make the money easily yeah. and mm-hmm. then building a personal brand and selling to the public is the hard part that's where people they're coming you to know, for help. <laughs> do you know what I feel? I feel like it's easy to just create. I mean, because I've done it and I've got a wait list of people waiting for me to open doors to start. So yeah. for me in my mind, I feel like it's easier to just create this 
program that I'm doing because I have the wait list of people waiting to come in. Like I feel yeah, like I've already the, prepared it. Mm -hmm. You have to understand, is it like a lot of people are like like that, right? And and that's why I think yeah. the people like a lot of like people who are building their small the personal brand, they come to me and they're like they think and I, I keep telling them, do not keep selling. Build your brand first. Don't just go ahead and start selling with a small, small following. And then what they do is they sell the shit out of it and they they do it. And then their mm -hmm. first launch goes great. Their second launch doesn't go as great. And then after like a year and a half, they don't have any more customers because they didn't build their audience. Mm, do you understand? Yeah. I mean, it's not, yeah, of course. Yeah, you can sell it for a certain amount of time, but can you keep adding new audience on? And can you keep selling it year and, and can you keep growing year after year? Right. Mm -hmm. That's the difference. Right. And I think because of the way that I've marketed myself and my reputation, most of my clients come to me from word of mouth, not from anything oh, that I'm okay, really okay, doing yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. So every time I open up something, it's like, oh, it's ready. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, and and yeah. so there's a big demand for the things that I do because in the past, I used to have so many options and I've proven how great my course is. And so whenever it opens up, it's full as soon as it's done. Okay. You know, so yeah, that's like, good. Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's very small scale. It's not the income that I need. It's great for living in Brazil, mm -hmm. you know, but I, which is why I loved this corporate training. Um, yeah. Because to those corporate trainers, <laughs> like literally, you know, like, Paying $10,000 for a three-week, one-hour-a-week program is like chump change to them, right? <laughs> like getting yeah. $120,000, you know, like four-month, once-a-week training gig, that's like chump change to mm -hmm. them, mm -hmm. you know? Whereas imagine trying to get raise $120,000 from individual customers, like how much work that's going to be, you know? Yeah, and I... Yeah, exactly. I, I would have to have a community of millions, <laughs> you know, um, and there are some very, well, successful... you don't need millions, but yeah, <laughs> no, but, but to, yeah, to, to charge what I was planning on charging, uh, at least like, yeah. even like, if you look at Hadar's community, mm -hmm. like you have to, you, you do realize like her audience keeps growing every year. Oh yeah. So yeah. you can't, if you're in that business, you can't stop. You have to keep growing your audience every year because otherwise, like I, I see so many people do that where they don't spend the time in creating content and growing their audience. So they they have a certain amount of followers, right? But they're not growing their audience. So what happens is they have great launch and then it goes down, down, down. And then three years later, now they don't have any more customers because they didn't invest in invest the time in growing their audience. Right. You need so, to have that new. Yeah. You need new audience keep coming in. What is that? <laughs> is that so fun? It's like I teach English and I'm like, okay, I'm drawing a blank yeah, of what this blood. is. <laughs> fresh blood. <laughs> yeah. So what I have right now is that I've been I've been bringing people into my community, into my lessons, and I'm struggling with finding the right time to do it. You know, to meet the demands. So I'm finding this conflict of time where the community that I'm trying to serve or that this audience that I'm trying to serve is available at night 
when I'm trying to get dinner and, you know, put the kids to bed. Whereas if I focused on the corporate level, it would be when the kids are at school. Correct. Yeah. And that, that it, it makes complete sense because then the audience shifts. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I'm, so this is another thing I'm learning how to say. I also good. think that growing your own community and that's a long-term game, right? Like growing your community, doing your own launches and growing that, that business. That's not a short-term game. I, I always no. tell people that you need a you need a short term plan and you don't need a long term plan because you mm -hmm. still need need to pay bills. So I feel like your short term plan should be either if you can get a shitload of one on one coaching call coaching students, or yeah. get some corporate gigs like this, right? Mm -hmm. That's why like most yeah. most people start out as um in freelance and service-based business. And then eventually they want to build a product. Like most people start out as a coach and then eventually they want to build a course because in order for you to sell a course, in order for you to uh, build a sell a community membership or something like that, you need scale. Do you know what I mean? have, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it takes time and it's just, mm -hmm. that's why it's more of a long-term investment. Mm -hmm. Whereas in, you know, one-on-one -on -one and, corporate training, those kind of stuff are more immediate revenue. Right. Right. And you know, there are people who out there that does that for you, that gets, gets, that finds those gigs for you. Corporate jobs for you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Like headhunters and yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, well, I feel like the, what I've prepared has, but you can obsolete. still ask me about <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure. It'll definitely help people who are in because that, that's that's what you need to build a long term. Because it, right. the problem with the corporate training thing is that the reason why those clients come to me is because they're sick of corporate training. Like corporate training is basically it's almost like a nine to five job. It's not as fulfilling because yeah. Here's the thing, right? If I'm teaching storytelling, let's say I'm teaching storytelling to my community who which, who paid me directly to come. Like they, they're like in it. They're like, oh, I want to learn. I want to, you know, I want to learn from you, son, right? Because they're paying for it, right? Mm -hmm. But if I'm teaching storytelling because um, this agency or this company, their HR department paid for it, and like now there's these, it's these employees that are like, I have to sit through this shit, and then mm -hmm. none of them really care. So it's like, it, it's it's not it's not going to be as fulfilling. You know what I mean? Oh, so I know. So that's why they come to me and they're like, oh, son, like. I want to build my like because they're sick of doing those corporate training, but it's what pays the bills. Yeah. <laughs> I think the reason that I started teaching English was because I saw how it helped my husband's life. Like mm -hmm. here, like when when I met him, he didn't speak very well. And it it was a huge improvement that I saw when we were together. We were together here in the United States for four years before we moved to Brazil and huge improvement like he he understood how his job was working better he could you know get better jobs here within the united states so i have that passion for helping people from that experience and then also when we got to the united uh, when we got to brazil he was struggling to find a job mm -hmm. and 
he interviewed with an international company that was looking for an English speaker. And he had this two-page resume and small on the very bottom of the second page, fluent in English. And the boss was like, oh, hey, like, why are you fluent? And he's like, oh, my wife's American. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know English. And the same day they had two Englishmen from England uh, there visiting the company, like crazy co uh, coincidence. And the, the boss is like, hey, come with me. And they had a translator that they hired from Sao Paulo to come who was doing a horrible job. <laughs> like they spent a lot of money on this translator. And Eduardo got in there and was talking to these people and the boss was just blown away. This was on a Friday and the boss said, come back on Monday, you're hired. And he was like, whoa, what? <laughs> so, and he was with the company for 12 years. You know, mm -hmm. it, it was such a great experience for him. And if he didn't have that English, you know, like what job? I mean, they paid for him to go to school. Like they, they mm -hmm. took care of him so well only because of his English. And so I've helped so many other people. I've probably helped more than a thousand, maybe 1500 people teaching English over the, over the course of my time in Brazil. And I, I have so many of those stories. And I think that's the passion that I have for teaching. Just like what you're saying, like, yeah, I could do corporate stuff and yeah, I'll make money, but where's the fun? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like, and also, would it be the same if you were teaching people that are living here? Because because think about it, right? Let's say somebody just moved here from Spain or somebody just moved here from China, right? And there's some rich person who who just rich grad student who came from China with rich parents who, who are going to school here but need help with English. Like, are you going to feel just this fulfillment, like teaching those people? Because yeah. you understand what I mean? Versus some, somebody I, I... that has a bigger impact in living in Brazil because they're... I don't know, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there are different types of people that need to learn English within the United States, yeah. but I really do want to like I want to focus online because of that flexibility of being able to stay home if like a kid gets sick or school gets canceled or something. Like right now we're in summer vacation and we've got two and a half months of you know well, there are those websites where you you know like you can do tutoring. Like oh, you they, can... they pay like nothing though. They pay like ten dollars, twenty dollars. Well, an it hour. depends on, like the one I'm thinking of is, you set your own pricing because like there are websites out there where people who tutor and there's like, I'll tutor you opera singing or I'll tutor you how to play violin or okay. in English or something like that. And depending on the level, they charge mm -hmm. what they want. Yeah, so it's like a gig base. Yeah. But the reason why I brought bring that up because you're in Maryland, so you don't you might really not know it. But I used to live in New York, and I also lived in LA. So in those cities, there are literally tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, people who are who move there, who who's not a native English speaker, but they live there and they need to work there. So they need to learn how to speak English. There's, you know how many language schools there are in New York and LA, like so. I mean, there's plenty of uh, demand there for for the people, you know. Yeah, I have some friends up in New York that are teaching, and and they're like saying the same thing, like, "Come up here, we need people." <laughs> and <laughs> in the different regions, they do pay better, and New York is yeah. definitely one of them. I know that Maryland has a higher cost of living, and so also 
um, like working at the university here, you do receive more money. And but I, I don't want to work for university at this moment. I'm kind of being pushed by my family to get a job with benefits. And I'm just like, I, I don't know. I think you're going to have to make a decision for yourself. Like, I don't, I would not recommend somebody to build their personal brand and start advertising themselves and getting, getting students like that, unless that's their end goal. Like, if your end goal is to not to is not to have a because the amount of investment and time and you know money and just everything that that has to go into into building a personal brand is so great that if that's not your end goal, it's, you're just it's a waste of time. If like if you're just looking for temporary revenue or something like that income, it's just it's better to go get a job or go work you know go do corporate gigs like that, like I talked talked about, but literally if like if you're gonna if you you know if you want to build a personal brand and uh have that to be your permanent job in the long run i would say you should you have to really set aside two or three years of investing time and money into it you know what i mean otherwise yeah. it's, it's like i said it's gonna book and it's gonna burn and crash <laughs> mm -hmm. no you're absolutely right and you I know that saying that you know that saying like you can share a ship many times and you can only skin it once. Like <laughs> yeah. what I see a lot of coaches and course creators do out there, like ninety percent of them. What I see them do is they're all skinning the ship. Like they don't understand that, <laughs> like you're you're killing your business in the long run. Yeah, maybe you'll make money for a couple of years. You know how it's it's the reason why you see so many of these people pop up and then they after like five years they kind of disappear. Yeah, they do. <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. It happens. Um, and I was really privileged to meet Hadara and meet a lot of people, English teachers in her program that she had for teachers and shared these struggles. Mm -hmm. And there was a woman who got into the corporate teaching and she's like, I'm never going back to one-on-one because this is security. Like yeah. I can do what I can do. Um, and she was based out in, in, I think London. But it was just, it was so great. Yeah, building a brand is... Accomplishments. Mm -hmm. Building a brand in the long term is such a stressful thing that I, like, I, I don't think, uh, I, I don't, that's why I don't like this message of like, oh, you know, passive income, like, oh, anybody can oh. do it. Just sort of, like, I, the reason why I don't like that message is, yeah, you can do that for a couple of years, <laughs> but then, then you're, and like, it, they don't understand how stressful it is to actually keep making content, keep putting out content, keep, you know, building your yeah. brand, keeping in your rep, like making sure you put out a good product, keeping your reputation afloat. So people, you know, these haters don't talk shit about you. Like it's, it's not easy work. And unless you're willing to invest that stress for the long run, like, I don't think people should do it. If they want a cushy life, go get a corporate gig, <laughs> you know? No, I, I definitely see my value i have so many friends who teach english that i help as well and um when i stepped back from what i was doing i used to be part of a tesla program which was uh, a community for teachers in brazil and i stepped away from that to focus more on my children um and when i had teachers working for me and then it didn't work out and i was working on my own i had to step away from these volunteer positions 
And so those volunteer positions are very similar to this corporate position that I would be in because it was volunteer, but it's the same idea, but you're putting yourself to receive money and not just give to the community of teachers. You'll, you'll, you target yourself to HR, which I have experience doing. I feel comfortable doing that. Uh, One of the interesting things is that uh, I kind of treat everybody the same. And so I know some people get intimidated when speaking to people in in higher positions. And I'm just like, we're all people, (laughs) you know, like we can have this conversation and talk to these people. Um, But I do have this mindset of being available at a lower cost. You know, like, and, 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 and that's because of upbringing, you know, like the opportunities that I was given was at a lower level. And so I have, which is fine. If you have the scale, you can, you can provide it at a lower price. You just, you're going to, you're just going to need a lot more students. (laughs) Right. Right. But I need to target it higher. You said something like a five week course at 10,000, as long as it's well organized. Oh, if you're selling to corporate, yeah. Corporate, I mean, right. Ten thousand dollars to corporate is literally to them. It's like pocket change. Yeah, like you're you're actually talk, talking more like fifty to a hundred thousand dollars when you talk to corporate, right? Maybe even more. Yeah, like, yeah. This is I know Mel fun. Robbins used to get paid like hundred to hundred and fifty thousand dollars for one hour speaking engagement <laughs> when the dream, <laughs> you know, from, right? from these corporations. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like you know, these people have money, like the, the companies yeah. have money, right? So it's mm-hmm. literally the easiest to sell to. Like, I used to work with, a, you know, an agency that would do an, spend a million dollars doing an entire campaign for pharmaceutical launch, pharmaceutical ad launch, and they don't get FDA approved. And they would literally just throw, throw the pharmaceutical companies are willing to pay these agencies a million dollars just in case the FDA get, gets approved, they have it all ready to go. And then if they, they don't get FDA approved, I'm like, okay, throw it away, throw it away. That's fine. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's that's their mentality. So you, you have no idea how many websites I built for these cor- this uh, like these corporate brands where it's just never launched. And they were fine wasting a hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars <laughs> just to test it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they look at the the long run, and I think yeah. they they get a lot of um, yeah. They have different. They have money. To spend. They have money right. to play around, right? And it's 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 the reason why they're more successful because you need you need to play more hands in order to win, right? Whereas in small business are the ones that are like counting every single dollar, and that's why they can't play as many hands. You know what I mean? Right. Right, which is why I was thinking when I needed to get to the corporate level, I needed a team. But I think if no, I target it's the other way around. Right. When I target you need a team if you do it yourself. Mm-hmm. If you work with corporate, you don't need a team. <laughs> no, because they do the marketing for me. They, yeah. they just have to go in there and show up. Yeah, it sounds feels like a no-brainer. The advice you give, son. <laughs> it's like just do this. You're gonna be successful. Well, that here. that's for the short term, right? Right, right. But then in the long term, if you want to build a business, mm-hmm. if you want to build a brand, you have to, the only way is to, you got to pe- keep putting out content out there. I had an idea. 
as well. Um, my university had uh, UMBC. It's it's a great university. A lot of international students, and an idea that. I was playing around with was also getting into that network of helping. Do you know, uh, do you have experience with this? Uh, I mean, the same idea of corporate level going in, but working with a budget of a university and being on like, I think they have like a diversity team of helping students that come in. And I used to volunteer <laughs> when, when I was a, a student there and I met great people. Um, in your experience, is this connected? Like, is this? I mean, to me, university is another corporate. Right, that's what I'm thinking too. Because you know, like Columbia University was like was one of my clients. Right. Well, Columbia University, I guess, because mm -hmm. you know, Columbia University owns Columbia University Medical Center, and mm -hmm. so, and you know, they're like they spend money just like any other company. They're their business. Right. <laughs> so to me, there there's no difference between universities and a company. Exactly. Yeah. And um, I have connections and being alumni from there. I feel like it's like the easy in for my level. You mm -hmm. know, I already have the connection with the TESOL program there, teaching English as a second language. Um, I know the director, we've been in contact the whole time that I've been in. I mean, like, I, I don't think it, it's going to be as hard as you think. Like, the, this, whenever I talk to people about like these kind of selling to corporate and things like that people i think people a lot of people get intimidated and then i find out that like for example uh somebody's like oh how do i get how do i get these corporate gigs blah 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 and i'm like what are you doing to get him and then he's like oh yeah i talked to this person i talked to this person i'm like you know what i would you know what i was doing when i was trying to get corporate jobs like i was literally contacting 50 people per day <laughs> you know how many, you know how many people that is in in a month that's literally a thousand people in a month. Like if you contact a thousand people in a month, you're definitely going to get a gig out of that. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just a numbers game. Like it's people yeah. get so afraid of like, you know, like, like maybe it's because they're so afraid of rejection that they don't want to. Cause if you reach out to a thousand people, mm -hmm. it means 999 rejections. I <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. The rejection part isn't my my problem, I think. I think the problem is the perfectionism of wanting to create something worthy of their time, you know? So I feel like, and I know this because of the experience that... The you experiences... think that person that's working at the HR <laughs> department who don't care about English, this person is a fluent English speaker already, okay? <laughs> they don't really care about this. And... Not to mention this person is also managing training for their tech department, their leadership team, not just their English, their customer service team, all these different things. You think that person sitting there going like, oh, yeah, you got to make sure that you provide this. No, they, they just want the one that's going to make them look good on paper. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they, the person, that's the thing about corporate. The person that you're dealing with is never the end user. So for, so if I'm, if I'm building on a, a website for American Red Cross, I'm working with the marketing director there, who basically is a 28-year-old, you know, person that's been working for marketing for six years with um, some masters in marketing, who got a job at American Red Cross, who's a nine-to-five employee, who just want to get their paycheck, 
who's coming in and just they don't want to get fired. They, you think they give a shit about the website that I'm actually making? No, they, the, like that's how corporate works, and that's that's actually the reason why a lot of people don't want to work in corporate, right? Because they're like it's. But the thing is, it's it's also the reason why you, it's the most lucrative. <laughs> what if? Yeah, because that's another thing is. Um, I want to. I mean, I think a lot of people, and Gigi, I think she's talked about this, where she wants to do something that like makes a difference, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that setting myself to be in corporate, but then having like a limit. There was a woman named Steph who was helping with different organizations and I got to listen to her speak. And she, I can't remember exactly who she is. She does something in fashion and she's famous. I should know her better. But she said that she always puts herself in a position to be in there for two years. And then she moves on to the next project. And then she moves Mm -hmm. on to the next project. And so I'm wondering, and and they're all like feel good projects, you know, like startups or supporting a, 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 a like a designer or like a new magazine or something. And she'll go in and she'll, I think she's like a community director of something. Mm-hmm. And she did that for Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. And so she got in, helped them organize it. Two-year mark, mm-hmm. she was like, okay, I've done my job. I've got this new vision that I mm-hmm. want to go in and I'm so passionate about this, mm-hmm. you know? I don't know. I mean, but are you at a place where you can do that? No, I don't know how to get that mindset. She had to, she had to, what I'm assuming is she had to put in the grunt work up front so that she can build a name for herself to do that. Right. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. So what needs to happen, like, it's kind of that whole 80, 20 thing that I'm always talking about. Yeah. Right. Like a lot of people want to make money from the thing they're so passionate about, but that's, like, I tell you the same thing. I, I, I guarantee even for her, her job is not all glamorous. Because oh, people not. think my job is glamorous. Oh, like, look at Sun. He's, he's, he's working with, like, look at the website he made for Jay Shetty. Oh, that's so fun. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. That's 20% of my job. Do you think that's going to pay the bills for everyone? No. Like, 80% of my job is working with American Red Cross to make sure we get that check. And doing this is what allows me to do this fun work. Do you understand what I mean? And so if you if you keep having this, it's like people have this utopia in their mind that, oh, I'm, I'm just going to, from the moment I wake up to the moment I go, go to sleep, I'm just going to do what I love, what I'm passionate about all day. And that, like that, that day will never come. <laughs> because by the time somebody, like I will talk about this, right? By the time somebody pays you, they're only going to pay you for the thing that you've already done a hundred times over and over and over. So if you, whatever you do, you're excited about it. You do it a hundred times. You think you're still going to find it exciting. The same thing. Nobody's going to pay you to try something brand new. Do you understand what I mean? So by the time you get paid for something, it's, 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 or you got to take the risk, right? Like, yes, those startup things that sounds good, but you know, most of the people that like the first five employees that, you know, first 20 employees at Google or Uber, Uber, like they're taking a huge risk because I got to work at Uber, not knowing that if Uber is going to be huge or not for every Uber, there's 999 companies that fail. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. I know a lot about uh, studying economics. (laughs) We study this risk management. Yeah. Like 
uh, venture capitalist. Risk versus reward, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like a, a, this whole entrepreneur, influencer, motivational speaker world are completely brainwashing people right now. Like, oh, just follow your passion, do what you love. You never work a day in your life. Or like this whole mindset of like, and like in the email that I'm writing right now for, that I'm going to send out today, like yeah. one of the things that they say is like, oh, you know, this is why whenever, uh, you know, like, okay, this is my theory. Internet was supposed to make us all more knowledgeable, right? Have more understanding of knowledge and things like that. But what we're actually getting is because people are lazy. Instead of getting understanding of knowledge, we're getting misunderstanding of knowledge. So they go on and say, okay, you know, like perfectionism, perfectionism is bad because perfectionism is, you know, perfectionism is the, what, what do they say? Enemy of progress, right? Or, like, or paralysis, analysis paralysis and all of that, right? They talk about that. So people are like, oh yeah, perfectionism is bad, right? But the thing is, and, and they're like, oh, I'm going to, I, even I say that, right? Like start messy and all of that, right? But if you're Steve Jobs, right? And what made him successful in, in building Apple is his perfectionism. So imagine Steve Jobs were 20 years old and listening to all these motivational speakers. We're like, oh, perfection is bad. So he started making everything messy. Do you think Apple would still be Apple? No, right? So that's kind of what people don't understand that it's, like we gotta take all of this advice with a grain of salt. We can't just be like, you know, just because somebody something. And I, I think that's why like people are so hung up on this. Like, oh, I, I I gotta, I don't like my job. I'm not passionate about my job, so I gotta go find something I'm passionate about. And you're gonna spend the rest of your life looking for a passion because there's no such thing. <laughs> it's the gold holy grail. <laughs> yeah. No, I know that whatever I. Do. I'm very passionate about it. I remember when, you know, I was doing AP, like accounts payable work at my first job after, you know, after graduating, <laughs> like I loved it. And, and people are like, like, basically you have a stack of papers and you put it in a system and make sure everything gets paid on time. Easiest job. I feel like that's how everyone used to be back then. Like yeah. 20 years ago, you know, our parents generation. Yeah. Like, Everybody did boring jobs and they loved it, right? Because yeah. they they're proud of their work. They're they they have pride in their work, right? So if somebody's right. like building a fence, they'll make a build a great fence because they're 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 pride in the thing they created, right? If somebody mows the lawn or whatever it is, landscaping, painters, they just where they got the passion is from the pride of doing a great job. Right. Not like, oh, I have to be doing a podcast or I have to be doing mm -hmm. You know, I have to design. I have to do like. I have to go to my photo shoots. <laughs> like people are so entitled these days. Like you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, and I know whatever I decide to do, you you've said this to me before um, yeah. about corporate, but today you really explained it. Mm -hmm. And I know that whatever I decide to do, I'm going to be passionate about it because that's just how I work. Mm -hmm. You know, very dedicated. Um, and I want maybe to prove myself as well that I can do it. And, you know, and, and that other thing to like make my parents proud or make my family proud. And now it's transferring onto my kids. And I'm like, okay, make my kids, yeah. my husband proud of the work that I do. So I know whatever I do, it's going to be done well. I just need to figure out the basic, like and the skeleton, you know, right? And then go forward. 
that pride can also come from the fact that, um, like for example, when I was working on the American Red Cross project, Spotify, or this corporate, mm -hmm. the, like our corporate projects that we were working on mm -hmm. was paying the bills so that I can do this fun projects that with all these animations and shit like that. Okay. Yeah. Now, once you know the intention, by, like once you know that, okay, these are for the bills and these are for the funds, like here I'm going all in and doing exactly how I want to do it. Even if I have to argue with the clients that do a little, you know, like even if it's hard, I'll do it. Right. But here, because I know that my goal is to generate cash, like mm -hmm. my goal is to make sure that client is going to love it. Right. Yeah. And that means sometimes making it uglier. Do you understand what I mean? So now yeah. my goal here is not to provide the best website or what I think is the best website, right? So, so for you, it, it might be the same thing. Yes, for here, you might not necessarily deliver the best class, but what you're delivering is to that person who's hiring you, the perception of the best class according to that person, right? And I heard, the you know, before I start doing separating these two, I, I I was miserable every day because I was arguing with these clients, trying to overdo this, and when they don't want that, right? So until I heard Jocko Willing, the Navy SEAL guy, talking about this, right? This guy was talking about one of his podcast guests was talking about how, like like he'll sit down to read a book and he can't even get past three pages. Like it, it, he was talking about all these boring tasks that he just has to do, right? And then Jocko is like, you know, and he's like, no, I just can't do that, right? That guy. And he's like, and Jocko tells him, no, you can do it. I've seen you do it. And he goes, when we were in Iraq and you had to stay on top of that rooftop for three days in a row, just watching that street. And for 30, for three days in a row, all you're doing is watching that street to see if anybody goes in and out of that building. But you know that if if you don't do that job correctly, it can mean the lives of all of these people, right? And that's why you had you sat there and you're dedicated, even though all you were doing was just sitting on top of their lift, looking at the, that door or that street. You, it was it was meaningful for you because you knew what the stakes were, right? So Chaco Willing says, you know, a lot of people in the seals they come back and they can't adjust to society because what ends up happening is. Um, they they're like oh i used to i was saving all these lives right i was i was flying this you know airplane i was flying this helicopters and now i'm back and i'm just um making sandwiches at the deli <laughs> like they, it, it, that's why they go crazy right but what he says is like you know what it does matter it, you don't you might think those things but might, might not matter but it does matter if you don't get like, for example, you, you might think that how going to the DMV, wait in line and get your license renewed, it doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. It does matter because if you don't do that, you're going to get your license suspended and you can't drive to work and pay for your family and, you know, put food on the table. And so it does matter. So, so that pride can come even from the place that I have pride in this doing this work because it puts food on the table for my kids. <laughs> and no. that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, a guy who I used to know back in Brazil, who was also a school um, a school owner, he explained to me how we make it. It's like sustainable. He described it as a triangle. 
And the students that we love teaching are up here at the top. They're the students that have been with you for 10 years. And it's just mm-hmm. such a pleasure teaching them because they're super dedicated, show up every class, do the homework, and their yeah. English shows. Yeah. But all of our income comes from the bottom triangle. <laughs> it's like all the new students come in that they'll spend two weeks and they're like, oh, this is horrible. And you keep calling them and say, hey, come to class. Like all of your work is down here at the bottom, but that's what's sustaining your school. Yeah. And then as the, the progression goes up, like more time. That's so true. Yeah. You get to your favorites. <laughs> you know, like we hate to say that we have favorite well, students, can... but they're up here. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. What part of what I said reminded you of that? Just the 80-20, how like you have to do all of this down okay. here, you know, okay. and that's what I'm thinking. Like I have this here, I have my, which yeah. I, there's another thing is that I'm also But, but you, it came to you immediately as soon yeah, as I, I said would, the 80-20? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like, okay, what are you thinking? Why were because you, thinking? what you did was you just, you oh, just perfectly what, connected the dots. Yeah. Like, you know how I always talk about <laughs> connecting the dots, connecting the dots, connecting the dots, and people are trying to understand they're forcing themselves to connecting the dots. And mm-hmm. I always say, like, connecting the dots doesn't, you don't force by connecting that, it just comes to you. Like, when you watch this and you hear this, you're like, oh, that reminds me of this, right? That, and that's yeah. exactly what you just did. And it was like yeah. such a brilliant <laughs> example of connecting the dots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I'm like Tabitha, like <laughs> it's because I told myself no dad jokes today, you know, like just stay serious. But but it's it's focus. something that you yeah. I guess it's because something that you knew yeah for a long time that okay, yeah, you know, this is where the fun is, but mm-hmm. this is where the money comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So as soon as I said that, you were like, Oh, that's very similar to oh yeah, like you connected the dots right yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. That was I can amazing. See that. Yeah. And I'm also connecting it to, so my passion. See, you just made me say, I never thought of it that way. Cause as soon as you were saying that, I, I was like, fuck, oh, you're right. Cause the members that I love the most are our small group leaders. The ones that are showing up every week, but you know, that's only 10% of our community. Like where we make the money is like the people who don't show up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So the other thing that I wanted to say is that I have, so remember I told you, I, I try my best to treat people the same mm-hmm. and the people that are coming in, I treat them just as well as my favorites, because if they come in as like the moneymaker, you know, like the ones that I have to give class to mm-hmm. and like, oh, another basics class, which unfortunately mm-hmm. a lot of teachers treat their beginner students so horribly And they like teach the verb be like, that's all they do. Mm -hmm. There's no passion in it. And when you join a school or if you join um, a university and you're given these beginner classes, it's usually done by the worst teachers because nobody Mm -hmm. wants to teach these beginners. Mm -hmm. And I love teaching beginners, which is why I kind of want to do this, this club, the speaking club. And I had a class Monday, <laughs> um, these two guys, one's a pilot and one's a, like a designer, like an internet something. I should know this better, but it was the funnest class ever. It was just the two of us, like, and we had so much fun doing it. And they left and they were like, how can I have more? I'm like, well, what I have set up is you just have class on Mondays. 
you guys study later and the, the pilot he was like no book me <laughs> he was like how much <laughs> do you charge you know because he has this need that he wants to you know teach so i'm gonna be setting up some private lessons for him but my real passion like i really want to create these beginners groups and just help these people but i know that i, need I to wonder if that's money, the thing you know you know the reason why you made me say I never thought of it that way when you said that, when you connected those dots, is like now I'm thinking maybe that's one of those 80 20 rules or like those, you know, those prices law, those kind of things where it's just the law of nature. Meaning, I wonder if that's just how everything is, right? Like, because I, I said 80% of your money is going to come from, you know, like the, you know, those, those things that, that you're not enjoying right like you have to do yeah. that in order to and maybe that's just how i was in school like in every school like like a night owl nation right the ones that we're really helping are not the ones that are necessarily bringing all the revenue it's the ones that we're not really able to help as well like fully like get them at that level that's where majority of the revenue comes in right because that's the mass and maybe that's okay. Maybe because you know that's how it is in gyms, right? You know, like oh, yeah. only ten percent of the people <laughs> actually use the gym, but ninety percent of the people who never go to the gym are the ones paying for it, right? Yeah, and it's it's how it works in insurance, right? Like ninety percent of people who pay insurance never really actually good. claim anything, but the ten yeah. percent of people who gets into a car accident or something like that mm -hmm. are the ones that benefits from the net. So. I'm starting to think maybe that's one of those law of nature that I can't break because, you know, you know how we're constantly at Night Out Nation thinking about how do we get these 80% of the people like, but maybe that that day will never come because it's just one of those things. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Do, oh, I know. I know maybe I, I just have to accept it. <laughs> I one of the things that always makes me laugh is I, I say this idea and you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And I was like, keep on like saying it because I, I direct mm -hmm. I directly connect what you're doing because it's the practice which is the same mm -hmm. as the English like we need to just practice mm -hmm. it you know mm -hmm. and you also feel that there's no book like there's nothing that you can read and just do it just like a course mm -hmm. book like I can't just hand a person a course book yeah. and they'll learn it they need to have that guidance and that passion yeah. and that practice and so a lot of the things that you're wanting to do 24 hours it's in my yeah. head like how can i also yeah. improve my students and their yeah. experience so it's yeah. it's directly connected um and that passion you know that passion of helping the beginner and then helping them succeed to the top yeah but there awesome. will always be new beginners there always i just feel like there's always going to be that 80 percent, no matter what and I, I think that's i think it's one of those like law of nature like you know how they say you know, you ever heard of the price law where a, a square root of the number of people do half the work, meaning if you have four people, two mm -hmm. people do half the work. But if you have like 100 people, Only 10. 10 people do half the work. Yeah. <laughs> do you know yeah, like that's the, the, mm -hmm. the, the price is low? And that's a, yeah. that's kind of like some you can try to fix it, but you just can't because maybe it's maybe it's tied to human nature or something or some sort of, you know physical nature and also think about the people who leave english courses they're satisfied mm -hmm. with their level 
they've met their yeah, goal. and they're fine. Yeah, yeah. And the same with maybe eighty percent of people are satisfied with this. Only twenty percent of maybe More just twenty percent of humans want maximum efficiency, like maximum uh, out output. Right? For example, maybe twenty percent of people who pay for Netflix. Like literally watches every movie. Like every day they watch a movie. Whereas eighty percent of the people literally just watch one show, and that's good enough for them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh my god! So I'm in a group of the twenty percent. They have an Excel sheet <laughs> of like every, and they they're like, we need to create our own Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I? I'm like down here because I don't watch TV as much, but I need to know what's going on because it's culture. You know, and I love that group, but there's such fanatics, you know, yeah. like our storytellers and our, you know, yeah. people who are so passionate about English. They're up here. Yeah, so there's like that's why there's a <laughs> there's probably a curve like that where there's the fanatics and then it just drops off like that. And yeah. so there's no point trying to build a business where hundred percent of the people are fanatics. That'll never happen. You always have that 10 to 20% of fanatics and the rest of the 80 and 90% are just going to be lukewarm and we have to be okay with that. But that doesn't change yeah. the fact that the 80 to 90% of lukewarm people are actually paying the bills. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> the fanatics but, are getting the yeah. benefits from, you know what I mean? Yeah. I also do think it's a time as well. So like the triangle that, this person, his name is Epson, was telling me about was that the first year it's this amount of people, the second year it's a little bit more, the third year it's less. The yeah, the fanatics are the ones that are going to last. Yeah, up to fourth year. <laughs> yeah. So if we connect it to Night Owl, first yeah. quarter, may, it's not eighty percent really of this triangle. Maybe it's sixty percent mm -hmm. or forty percent. Mm -hmm. You know, because so, the new people are coming in. Yeah. It, yeah. This. These but new but what I'm saying is. It doesn't matter as we keep growing. Yeah, that eighty percent is also going to grow. No, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it it doesn't change will. the because what I'm thinking in my head is like, no, everyone who pays has to get the most out of it, right? It's because but so the truth of the matter is, <laughs> most people don't care. No, so, like most people, like for example, if I was running a gym and somebody's let's say paying twenty dollars a month and they never come to the gym. Like I would feel terrible. Like I'm like no, but then most people don't care. They don't. They don't mind paying the twenty dollars a month and not going to the gym because they're telling themselves, "Oh, I'll start going next month," and they don't go. I'll start going next month. Like you know what I mean? It's just the satisfaction of having that little Planet Fitness key ring on there. The twenty dollars yeah. is for that feel good. Or, or most people don't care that they they're paying twenty dollars a month for HBO, and all they're watching is Game of Thrones. They don't watch anything else. Like. They're fine yeah. with that. I'm paying for HBO and, and I haven't turned it on in, in months. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And most people don't care. I don't and care. <laughs> I, and to me, that just seems so inefficient, right? Like meaning, really? 80% of <laughs> HBO's revenue comes from people who don't even watch it? <laughs> like, that, that seems like such an inefficient business, but maybe that's I should just, just say... <laughs> Like I should know, I should cancel my plan and then go back when Game of Thrones comes back on. But I just, you know, just that. Maybe that maybe just can't the, be like, You know what? But it's the insurance of it too, right? So you said most people don't use use insurance. Maybe because summer's here, 
Mm-hmm. Technically, like I'll have more nights, you know, to have like a date night with mm-hmm. my husband. Maybe we'll, we'll turn on HBO and it'll be mm-hmm. there for us to watch that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and that's good enough for you. Like the, that one the movie. That, yeah, 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 definitely. That one date night watching that movie mm-hmm. that showed up. Or, or when the when this one, like for example, like people who who watch Netflix, just Squid Games is enough for them. <laughs> you know, like. Even is if they don't watch still, anything else. Yeah, is Squid Game still number one of like ever? Like the most streamed? Know. Probably not. <laughs> they they broke a lot of records. But yeah, exactly. Like, is it worth it? Yeah, so that, that's what I'm thinking now. Maybe uh you see. So as from this conversation, like what I'm walking away with is that so I'm I can make a carousel about that, right? Like <laughs> <laughs> you know, like eighty percent of your revenue is going to come from people who's not even using your product or service, and that's <laughs> okay and that's fine. And then I can give you an example: like, how many people do you think that pay for a gym go to the gym? How many people that pay for HBO or Netflix to actually pay? Like, blah, blah, blah. how many people that go to school? Like, all in all different areas. And now, and then that's going to be one of those carousels at the end. People go like, so don't expect all of your students or all of your customers to, you know, like, so. You know, it's okay. Like, don't ex- don't expect that everybody's gonna want all those features. It's okay. Uh, yeah. If like, well, somehow I'm gonna come up with the carousel that talks about what we just talked about in a shorter way. Yeah. And then at the end, people are gonna be like, oh, "I never thought of it that way, right?" <laughs> and then people come and ask me, "Son, how did you get that idea? Like, how did you how do you come up with this? I never thought of it. But, like, this is how." <laughs> Yeah, you just saw it in action. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, and I think that's what a lot of our creators in Night Out are getting out of this. You know, like these conversations and these deep con- like connections. Like one of my favorite things is this podcast. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, really? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, we have these deeper conversations where we can just sit and talk and we're not worried about time so much and we can explore these yeah, ideas, yeah. Yeah. you know, whereas like at Sunday service, it's like, okay, <laughs> we've got this coming yeah. up next. Um, That's why I don't like when sometimes I go on these podcasts, which is like 30 minutes long and it's like, okay, son, what do you think of this? What do you think of this? Blah, 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 or this IG live that I tell you. I don't like this because I feel like it takes at least 30 minutes just for you to get warmed up to a point where <laughs> conversation starts to get interesting. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 90 minute max or 90 minute minimum to have a breakthrough <laughs> with sun. <laughs> but you've said, you've shared that too. You've said that when you get a new client and you're trying to figure out how their sales page is really going to benefit from them, I think you shared like you were sitting with them for like three or four hours. Like, okay, what is your need Mm -hmm. or what is your audience's need? What is their pain points? What is this? What is that? And like, they keep going over and going over. And then finally they share that moment. That's like that one customer and that one solution. Yeah. Yeah. And you said, it's almost like when it happens, it's, it's, it's like, because a lot of people do brand storytelling and all these marketing messages where it feels like you're kind of forcing it. But when those click happens, it's so obvious. It's mm-hmm. it's it fits so perfectly and it's so obvious that everybody in the room is gonna be like, of course. Like it's so <laughs> obvious, right? You know? It yeah. has to be like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
awesome. I, this conversation kind of went uh <laughs> took a different turn, but it was still <laughs> no, but it was again like I totally beneficial. Like I, I walked away with so much and different from what I thought I was going to talk about, but then at the same time, not you know, like I still went through and the story of my yeah. life. Every time yeah. I go into a meeting, every time I go into an interview or anything like that. Yeah. You just never know what to expect. Yeah. No, but I'm completely satisfied. <laughs> but still this good, was, yeah. Yeah. Like such a great conversation as always. Yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for the amazing chat. And also thank you for everything that you do at Night Owl Nation. <laughs> uh, I mean, Night Owl Nation wouldn't, you know, would not be able to operate without you. So I really appreciate you there. Thank you. Okay, everybody go check out Tabitha. I'll put all the show uh, information in the links. Thank Welcome you so much. Welcome to America. I wish you all the <laughs> luck. <laughs> adjusting, adjusting back in back in the home homeland. <laughs> oh, I'm having so much fun. I, I love it here. I'm happy to be back. Thank you. <laughs> okay, thank you, everyone. Bye, Tabitha. Bye, everyone. Cheers. Bye.